episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Gym Aware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where Gym Aware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 39th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of some of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by NACOA's Performance Director, Ryan Gallup. Ryan, thanks for being with us, bro. Hey, no worries, Jay. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, bro. But before we get too far into this, who is Ryan? So, um, been on your show before, which was awesome. We got to chat about rugby and movement skills, all that good stuff. Um, I'm from New York originally. Moved to San Diego about 15 years ago. Got into personal training, eventually performance training. Was always an athlete, so it was driven more into that goal-oriented training. Had some good mentors along the way. And now we have a training and therapy company in Carlsbad, California called NACOA. Work with a lot of higher-end athletes, general population people, um, physical therapy patients. We do corporate wellness, tactical. We're getting in the online space right now, like everybody else. And... Um, yeah, trying to uh, make lemonade out of lemons these last couple of weeks, like everyone else. Yeah, man. And, uh, it's definitely something that is, is an intriguing and interesting yet fun challenge, I think, for all of us, is trying to figure out what's next. Absolutely. But listen, bro, as a guy who came from you know, the best state in the, in the union to you know, <laughs> the left coast... 
you've had plenty of learning situations, bro. And as a business owner and as things like that, like there's been plenty of things that have kind of set light bulbs on. But if you wouldn't mind for us, bro, describe one learning situation that really brought about an epiphany in your career. Sure. Um, as cliched as it sounds, I'd say it's happening right now. You know, we've had a private sector business for a long time. And, you know, whether it was group training or athletes or teams offsite, corporate wellness, all that, our biggest draw has always been our people with NACOA, right? We have a great staff. We have an infectious culture and community that people have always wanted to be a part of. And I feel like that's kept us around a long time. But with COVID and this quarantine and everything we've had to deal with, we've realized that we need to be able to be more than that, more than people need to be attracted to us and loyal to us more than just the humans. Like, obviously, we can do our virtual coaching and, you know, um, Zoom workouts and, you know, FaceTimes with our athletes. But we really, in the last, you know, six weeks have realized we need to bring both our programming, but also our, our community and our, our reach to the online world because this, this having to close our facility, having to keep our people active and engaged from afar, it's shown us that we can't just rely on our people and we need to have means to reach our clientele and our members through other ways than them just visiting us or us going to them as far as a team or a, a corporate wellness center or tactical, we work with fire and police. We need to be able to get hands on these people virtually and remotely in a simple way that's both engaging for them and it's easy for us to track. So we've always we've used Team Builder for a while. We're used to the online programming, but we've never had to rely on it solely. And I think right now we're really learning. All of us love working with people in therapy and training. We don't want to ever get rid of that, but we're realizing the ability to train and to interact remotely is it's the future. Like everyone's saying it, but we're feeling it because as brick and mortars, we've always been looked at. We realize we need to diversify and have just as much of our offerings and community outreach type programming. We need to have that virtual. We need people to be able to access it wherever they are. So it's something we've known for years, but this is that pressure and that squeeze that we've kind of needed. And now it's, we can't wait to open our business back up because we all miss our people, our fellow staff. Our, I miss all my athletes, you know, FaceTiming. I'll Zoom with a bunch of my surfers tomorrow during the NFL draft and maybe have a, a beer or two and talk some shit. But it's not the same as seeing each other day to day, talking about competition, talking about life, you know, we're missing that aspect, but we realize we need to be able to keep them going, even if our building's closed or if they're traveling or whatnot. So, the, yeah, I'd say the pressure we're feeling now is really, it's helping us, it's molding our business for the future. And like I said earlier, we're, we're trying to make all this a positive. Obviously, it's not a good situation for anybody, but, you know, life goes on and we need to stay healthy. We're not going to force our people to come back in before they're comfortable so we need to be able to keep them going virtually. And that's really the big push right now. 
I think that's a big time statement, bro. The, the idea that the pressure we're feeling now is molding our business for the future. And I think that like, there's a few things with the, the virtual training world that are very intriguing and very frightening. And I think that the biggest thing that most coaches are running into right now is that, like you talked about, bro, like it's, it's, we are one-to-one, eye-to-eye, person-to-person, like that's what we all do. And when you're talking now about needing to separate parts of that, I think that what people are, are really at the end of the day, and this is just me from listening to people, what I think people's problem is, is they're afraid of what that next step is and where mm-hmm. they are going to need to make up for that. You know, like you're not ever, if you're training me and you're in Cali and I'm in Richmond, like you're not going to be able to provide as strong of a technical back, you know, analysis of what we're doing or spot me, you know, <laughs> like yeah. all of these things for sure. But I think too many people right now are looking at that and being like, well, that's why we can't do it instead of being like, okay, but what can we provide? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of looking at, I mean, that was the first, right? We, we got shut down even before we thought we were going to, and we were practicing distancing and hyper sanitation processes in NACOA thinking, okay, we need to be ahead of this. And then boom, it happened. We got locked down. My for I texted 30 athletes that day and was like, everybody, we're not stopping. I need individual texts with every piece of equipment you have at home. If you have travel coming up, I mean, a lot of my surfers and skaters, I was like, you're still going to be able to do that outside rugby players too. And then all of a sudden that got shut down. Can't surf, can't skate, can't go to the field. So the constant thing was like, We could bitch and moan about having limitations. Obviously, no one has trap bars and heavy-ass kettlebells and cable machines and stuff at home. But it was instead of of what are our limitations, it was what do you have? Awesome. Some of the people had body weight, and we're going to have to wait for kettlebells to get delivered for a couple weeks. I was like, we can get work done. We'll do a lot of power work. You know, I'm big on jump training anyway. We're going to do a ton of jump training and – you know, we're, we're not going to we're not going to sit on our hands because we have limitations. We're going to get shit done. We're just going to be realistic. I'm not going to program shit that you can't do safely without me there. So it was I'm always I'm very keep it simple, stupid in my programming anyway. So in online programming with people that I'm comfortable with is actually not that hard. It's all right if we need these kind of stimulus or stimuli. And I know what they're good at already and they'll be able to do. I mean, we have videos in our library so they can refer to, but I don't want to give them anything new. I want them doing stuff that they've done with me before. They know the technique and it's more of, Hey, we're trying to maintain for a couple of weeks and see where this goes. And then as you get more access to load and shit, if you don't, we're going to do tempo work. Like you've seen a lot of great stuff out there. Kier's body weight, Sam stuff, like, we can do a lot of isometric work at home. We can do a lot of tempoed volume work at home. We don't need a lot. I, shit, here I only have like a 20 kilo kettlebell and some water jugs and bands. And I've been like having fun playing with different 
styles of training and figuring out, all right, I want a loaded day. I want an up-tempo day. How can I, it's almost like a game. Like, all right, I want an upper body focus with some core anti-rotation. Here's my tools. What can I do? And a lot of online training, I think you need that. And that's where I think a lot of people fail in the past with online training is they want to write their golden program, presuming everyone has, you know, the sick elite FTS garage gym build out. And we know that 95% of people don't. So if you're, if you, it's, it shows that if you're too married to certain exercises, you're screwed. If you only Olympic lift or you only sprint train or you only do these things and then all of a sudden you're insanely limited because of this quarantine, like you, if you can't write a program based on what they have, then you're, 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 you're too, you're in your own box. And I feel like this has helped us get out of our own boxes and realize, all right, we know what our athletes need. And we know they're limited, so how the hell are we going to get it? So it's, to me, some of it can be kind of fun from that creativity standpoint of what do I have access to? What do I know that they're already capable of based on their training age and our previous programs? Then that's the kind of stuff we're going to get working with. And we're not going to try and teach them new stuff at home in the first month. Like if this thing carried on for months and months, yeah, at some point we need to do FaceTime. And I might have to teach a kid, a, you know, a kettlebell clean and jerk on FaceTime because that's a progression we need just to get a little bit of a vertical stimulus that he's not getting yet. But in the beginning, it's keep it simple, stupid, and let's keep our frequency and our intensities and volumes there because if we can do that, we're going we're gonna to maintain a lot. We're not going to fall off a cliff, which in the first month was my goal for all these guys. If you're not doing your sport as much as you normally do and you're limited with what you have training, let's just not fall off a cliff. Let's maintain. Maybe let's focus more on like breathing and static stretching on rest days. Some of the shit we avoid when we're busy because it's stuff we don't like to do. Hey, now we don't have an excuse. Now let's do a little bit of steady state work and recovery work on your off days because you neglect that when you're surfing five hours a day, you know, that kind of stuff. No doubt, dude. Fill the pockets that you don't normally fill and keep moving forward. I've been doing it myself, and I'm like, geez, like, my shoulders are pretty jacked up from all those years of rugby, and I'm doing all this extra band and rotator cuff stuff, and some days it freaking sucks. It's, like, harder than the actual workout. But I'm like, this is – when I'm super busy, this is the stuff I tend to neglect. So let's let's tackle it right now and get it done because I got the time. No doubt, brother. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, dude, as a guy who's across the country, been an athlete, now working with a vast array of people, you're an inquisitive dude, too. So, Ryan could ask one question. What would that be and why? You know, it's funny you mentioned this last week as a question, and I had already thought about it. And then the documentary came out Sunday night or the beginning of it with Jordan. I don't know if you saw it. It's going to be awesome. I grew up a Knicks fan, so I actually grew up hating Jordan because he used to knock the Knicks out of the playoffs every year, and that sucked. But, you know, I've always thought about him. Kobe's kind of in that same world. But, like, both from an athlete and, like, as a, as a, a business person, like, that ability and drive where you can be a complete asshole to your teammates, to your competitors – to people around you just because you want it more than other people 
and your motivations and your goals are that strong that to a point, not completely, but to a point, you cannot give a shit what people think about you. That's always fascinated me. Because honestly, I was always a psycho athlete and competitor. And some of my teammates would probably say in some practices and games, I was an asshole. But that ended the second practice or games ended. And we were always buddies. Like, And I, I wanted to be friends with people. I didn't have that, like, I don't give a shit what you think of me because winning is the ultimate goal. So the question I would ask him is, like, it's kind of twofold. Is, A, is it worth it? Because there's a lot of players during his era and since and from his Hall of Fame speech and everything. There's a lot of people who don't like him. And obviously with the money he has in the bank and his fame and GOAT status, it seems like the obvious answer is, yes, it's worth it. But I'd still want to hear him explain it. And then the other part of the question would be, looking back on it now in this documentary, 10 Parts is going to make him see all, all, all over again, is could he have the same success without having such that cutthroat asshole mindset of like, I'm going to, I'll be a dick to my teammates. I'll call the GM names because I'm pissed at them. Like, did he have to be so cold to get what he wanted? That's, that's always fascinated me. And I'd love to hear his answers to those questions. That would be fun, man. First of all, it would just be cool to sit in a room with Damn right. But. Smoke a cigar. Yeah. Chat. You know, and, and, you know, I'd act, I'd act because I've had the ability to run into some people who've been involved with that organization too. And be like, yo, so I got a few stories that I've heard that I need to make sure are true. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a few of these. Because I think also too, right, like a lot of that gets. The, the, the fable grows with time. Oh, for sure. 100%. So, but Paul yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But yeah, man, I would love to, to hear about that. But dude, like, you're building a business consistently in a time now, too, where it's taking away from the time that you would have if it, you were in the world that we are all in. But as a guy who's owned and run a, a training center and a therapy clinic and building all of those things. And I'm just a piece of that. That's uh, I can't claim full ownership, but well, it's still, still in the construction group of building the tower. We will say for sure. That's true. <laughs> like what people don't understand is the hours that go into that. And oh, how, yeah. how limited you do have for this last question. So I'm actually excited to hear this. What's Ryan's escape. <laughs> the funny part about this is the reason I'm, got into the performance training world and I'm still in it and plan on being in it for life is, and I always joke with my athletes about this. Like I love sports and I like training because it can enhance your ability at sports and it keeps me involved in sports. So ironically, my escape is sports. And that's been obviously tricky over the last, you know, six weeks um, whether, you know, I've, I've played a lot of competitive rugby, but I also play touch rugby all the time for fun, like once a week. And that's a great escape. It's literally in the middle of the day on Fridays. It's kind of like, it feels like my re- week's wrapping up, go run around the field. Like I'm a little kid. I love it. Um, playing, a, a, an old guy, like touch football league in the fall and winter is a great part. 
And typically, if I'm out of season for football or rugby, I'm training and playing those sports for fun. And those are my escapes. Even I've always surfed more as like a hobby. I'm not like a diehard surfer, but I grew up surfing. And that was an escape. And I got to do that three days in a row as quarantine was happening. It was getting into it again. And then, boom, California shut the beaches. So that escape was taken away as well. But what I've been able to do recently, and it's awesome because I've coached my kids before, and obviously I have two young boys. They love playing sports with dad, but I've taken the ch- time over the last you know, month to teach them rugby, and we go out to the field almost every day, and they freaking love it. So like, I'm able to kind of get my escape, which is playing sports while also coaching and granted to my kids and you know, yesterday when I was on day four and no coffee, I might have been a little grumpy with them. I apologize later. But as dad, I can it's kind of like I'm teaching them a love of a sport. And when they get down on themselves, I'm like, dudes, I didn't start playing. Until I was 16. You're eight. You're six. Like, this is awesome. Like, you guys are already better than kids I played with in college at reading and passing and it's kind of been filling that void because I can't play sports competitively, which is, is my normal escape. But this is almost better because now I'm like, I'm helping them, but I'm also visualizing them playing when they're older and giving a shit and wanting to win and chasing it like I did. And it's, it's awesome. Like I've definitely taken advantage of this more free time. And, you know, it's funny. We feel like, I always joke with them in the afternoons. Yesterday, we literally had to go to another field because I saw a park ranger sitting at the field. I heard a story the other day. Tom Brady was kicked off the field in Tampa Bay. Like, right now, I always joke with them, like, hey, guys, we've got to be quiet. We're kind of sneaking on this field. So it's almost like a game in itself for them that we're, like, we're, we're our escape in the afternoons after school and work is done is to go out to the field and play rugby. And it's, like, I'm teaching them my passion and they love it. I'm not forcing it at all. They ask and they get bummed out when we can't do it. So that's been a, that's been one of the benefits of the last six weeks. And don't get me wrong. I still can't wait till I can get out and play again myself, but this has definitely been a, uh, it's filled that void for sure. Bro, that's an awesome story. And I think that like one thing that we're all probably learning a little bit and, and are a bit petrified to say out loud is that, uh, like there's probably not many of us that watch things other than sports. So like sitting here and being in this quarantine, like that's like the worst part is it's like, Oh my God. TV sucks. Like if you can't turn on a game, it's like, bro, what are we even watching? Like I've had probably my biggest time waster over the quarantine period where I, I, I couldn't do, a book on tape or a, a, you know, a training podcast is freaking this NFL draft shit. Like I've been wasting hours and it's kind of like background noise and whatnot, but because the NFL draft coming up is the only thing that's really live, like dude. And the Jordan doc on Sunday night, I was looking forward to that for weeks. And now I got to wait till next Sunday to watch the next one. Like, because those things are premiering now, they're like our version of live sports, which is so sad. It's not real at all. Even Super Rugby was literally the last thing to get shut down. And I remember the weekend quarantine was starting. They'd already canceled the NCAA tournament. 
bat NBA, all that stuff is falling. And there were a couple games of Super Rugby, which is in like New Zealand and Australia and South Africa, all in that weekend. And I was just watching them like, well, it's so random that my favorite sport is still on. And literally that Saturday morning, during one of the last games, they announced Super Rugby season canceled. And I was just, I mean, I already knew the San Diego Legion, the MLR season was canceled. And I was holding out hope that because it wasn't in the Southern Hemisphere that much, that maybe that we'd get a little more out of it. And then that ended. And I was just like, like you, I was like, what the hell am I going to watch the next two months? I, live sports is my, that's what I watch on TV. Netflix is here and there. And now it's like, that's the only option. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, dude, it's rough. Well, listen, brother, always great to catch up. Always great to see you. And I'm stoked you're doing awesome, bro. And uh, appreciate your time. This is great. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you having me, Jay. And uh, stay safe and healthy out there, all right? Appreciate your time. We'll be in touch soon. Cheers, Jay. Yeah, man.